This is Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Matt. That's Ryan. Ryan, is it too late to make myself a safe place for you to cry, baby? Because sometimes big boys, they need to cry. Matt, hydrogen, calcium, phosphorus, potassium, (laughs) sulfur, sodium. All I want to be is the very best machine I can be. Chlorine, magnesium, boron, chromium, cobalt, copper, fluorine, All I want to be is the very best machine I can be. Iodine, iron, manganese, (laughs) molybdenum, selenium, silicone, tin, vanadium, and zinc. All I want to be a molecular machine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is why I said this is a great album. (laughs) It is, by the way, like the, it is one of those things. Like I was rocking out to the, like Uh the 12-8, like kind of like old fashioned rock beat of, of singing all the names of the elements. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a schoolhouse rock deep cut, right? (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about native invader, uh, the album from Tori Amos that released in September, uh, if memory serves. And, um, it was, uh, it is a, uh, it is an album that is, you know, more explicitly about, I guess, a particular political situation. It is less sort of gauzy than a lot of Tori Amos's albums. And it's less, uh, sort of elusive. It's, you know, very much about what it's about, which is sort of uh, politics, feminism, uh, eco-feminism, right? And um, the the earth, the earth and the environment, right? Um, And I think Tori Amos now joins the 3X club, um, Mm -hmm. joins uh, what, Paul Simon and... uh, I think we've only done two Paul Simons, right? We've done, we only did Graceland and One Trick Pony. Oh, One Trick Pony. Uh, oh, I thought I had a, I had a third one in my head. Who, who else is in the... Mount Goats, for sure. Right. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, oof, there's only a few others. Um, so yeah, so Tori Amos is definitely uh, up there among the TFT elite. She's like the, she's like the, uh, the reindeer. She's like the, you know, reindeer kings, like, uh, like the mountain goats. She's the, the like reindeer, are like forest goats, sort of. Um, and that, uh, that is what, that is what she is. So like I, this album was very eagerly awaited, uh, by me. It's like number 15, um, I, I'm excited. I really, I really like it. Uh, and that was our show for the, uh, that was our yeah. show. that's the team. And, and I really like it too. Yeah. Um, and I, I listened to, I'm, I'm much less of a completist, but, um, for, you know, and it's, it's, you know, I, I, I do wonder even in the ways that you were kind of pointing out that it's an atypical Tori Amos <laughs> album it, it are some, maybe some of the reasons why I, um, <laughs> I liked it. Sure. Not that I dislike Tori Amos, us but that there are um you know it's it's not um you, you know she's not a she's never been a go-to for me um and so and and i think that there are several things about this whether it's in the um kind of immediacy of the subject matter or even just the arrangement and instrumentation right there is a lot more guitar on this album than i uh than i recall on many of the other tori amos albums that i've um listened to or at least and it's more prominent right there are some songs that i would even argue are 
like more guitar driven. Um, and there is, you know, the piano is there. Um, but the, the kind of major, especially kind of rhythmic components are composed of guitar strums. There's, there's kind of a, a folky feel throughout, um, on, on a number of the songs. Yeah. That's interesting. Like the, the asking, you know, it would be a good trolling question to ask whether this is a folk record, yeah. uh, or, or not, because it's, you know, Torium makes art music, you know, uh, and not really, not really folk music. And I'm happy to unpack mm-hmm. what I, what I mean by yeah. that. Um, but the, uh, yeah, the, the, it's there. I was actually listening. Uh, yeah. I was listening to the piano a little more specifically, uh, today as I was going through this for the umpteenth time. Um, I'm trying to learn the songs cause I'm going to see her live in, in December. Uh, she's playing at the Ace Hotel in downtown LA and I have tickets to all three nights, which I, I don't know. I, that's extreme even for me. And I'm, I'm a, you know, as close to a super fan, uh, as you can be without spelling it F A E R I E. And the, you know the the uh it it might be it might be a lot you know it might be a lot of a lot but i want but, but to... she has to know that you and the other super fans are out there so she'll right. she'll mix it up right and she'll you know on these kinds of like you know mini residencies by really established kind of cult artists there's often a lot of of rotation you know it's, but they, there's there's a there are more deep cuts and fan favorites than can be played in any one show yeah. so to sort of get them all you have to go um back again and again right, right. and so then and then you'll you know, you'll you'll hear, you know, the songs from this album probably a bunch because, you know, she can't sub them out too much. But then then you'll probably get a pretty nice um, interlocking set of um, of deep cuts. I was so I've been. Yeah. And I've been mainlining this album a lot recently just to, like, kind of get the songs in my bones because it's as a live act. um She's she's very interpretive, even of her her own material. Mm. And so, like, if you think the word painting is extreme on Reindeer King, you know where the lyrics are. I've just come from the rain, dear king. Right, like if that right, if you feel like that is across some sort of threshold into like uh, you know non non semantic uh, you know use of language, uh, wait till you see her live. Um, and, uh, you know, and so even with her stuff, so you kind of have to have the songs in your bones, uh, before you go, um, in order to appreciate, in order to appreciate what she's doing. She's also in order, in order to know which song it is at any given moment, (laughs) like, because the word painting is so extreme that you lose track of where you are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so anyway, uh, so you start mainlining it now. Uh, go go listen to uh, go listen to Native Invader. You can do all kinds of things, but I feel like uh, I feel like if you can protest something, that would be the the correct you know uh, action to take with this um, uh, with this record. If you can go, you know, or uh, or uh, study for your chemistry exam, maybe. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you'll get like, I mean, if you're, you have to like do the whole periodic table, you'll still probably get a C, but it'll be a very woke C, right? <laughs> like, it'll be a very, it'll be a very, a, a very, a very uh, consciousness raised uh, uh, passing grade. <laughs> All right. Go listen, uh, go listen to um, Native Invader by Tori Amos and meet us back here right after this word from our commercial sponsor. 
Are you looking to buy some day after Halloween candy? Yeah, I absolutely am. It's the best kind. Well, why not choose satiny, luscious chocolate? Ooh, tell me more. Well, here at Dove, we make the most satiny, most luscious chocolate that none of, none of the kids want for Halloween, but it'll be left after for you grown-ups tomorrow. Wow, what if, uh, what if my pain is screaming, and what if I uh, hear my pain in the silent evenings? Hey, I don't hate you, I don't hate you, and neither does your satiny, luscious mm. Dove chocolate bar. <laughs> Thanks, Dove chocolate bar. Yeah. We used to be happy. We used to make happy on the stove on our own, but now we bring our Dove chocolate <laughs> to you. And we're back. That's another one of the lines. I think that for me, there's an arc of three songs in the middle of the album. Um, it's it's from um, uh, it from it's chocolate song bang and climb. For me, are like the heart of the album in part because there are these. There are three lines on each of these albums that I find hilarious um, in like a good way. Um, like there's it's satiny, the repetition of satiny, luscious chocolate. Um, the on uh, bang, it is the um, the litany of the elements. Um, and then on climb, there's the uh, the repetition of um, you can feed the koi in the pond. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and they're all just fantastic lyrics uh, because they're they're so specific and they're so sort of they, they catch you off guard even when you're expecting them and and it's just they're they're great they're they're I they're they're kind of my entry point um, into the the album um, and and part of why I, I love it and right and, and in part because not just because they're these like you know hyper specific lines but that they're 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 often you know, sung as an incantation, and at least several of them are, you know, repeated at least once, um, and in this very kind of rhythmic way that is, um, that that there's something magical about it. Yeah, um, and I, I, and, and there's there's a few others throughout the album, but those three and that kind of trio is what really hooked me into to the album um, as I was as I was going through it. Yeah, it's I mean the three like satiny luscious chocolate and the litany of the elements both have that kind of word painting quality yeah. and by word painting i mean like like elongating syllables over melody lines and also kind of a rhythmic and and, and uh, a rhythmic um arrangement of stress and emphasis in a way that doesn't necessarily line up with how the words would be stressed in natural language right um but but yeah, like you, especially satiny right it becomes satiny yeah satiny satiny luscious chocolate um <laughs> Da, 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 right it's awesome it's it awesome is, just uh, as, as, a, as a rhythmic exercise right and and um but you can feed the koi in the pond is is also yeah it's a great one it stuck out to me as well but it's so natural right like it's so conversational because right. um, it's like the it's like climbing over a fence or something into like a churchyard right and you can feed the on climb like and you can feed the koi uh, you can feed the the koi in the pond, and and it's a little bit this sort of tossed off conversational line. Um, yeah, it reminds yeah. actually it reminds me of John Darnielle a little bit. On we do it different on the West Coast. There's a fantastic line. Um, where just apropos of nothing, uh, the, the kind of the speaker, the persona of the song sings, um, I think I'm going to bleach my hair this weekend. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's just this, and it it's it's conversational. It fits perfectly in the rhythm. It totally makes sense. But it's completely uh, it's completely unexpected. And um, you know, I mean, I think that that uh, whereas John Darnielle's impulse is maybe a little more anthropological, right? Mm-hmm. Um, than Tori Amos's. Hers is more kind of self-expressive. Uh, the, in, in the sense though, she, in a sense though, she, she like, uh, she becomes a conduit, you know, like I, I, I would bet that she conceives. In fact, I know from interviews and stuff like that, that she conceives of herself as kind of like being open to the muses or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, she calls them like the muses nine, uh, the, like the classical Greek music muses. And they, um, you know, sort of speak, uh, they sort of speak through her. I saw, um, uh, last week, I saw the singer Rhiannon Giddens perform oh, yeah. in a in a house concert, and um in and and like oh my god, like beg borrow or steal, go go to see her. It's it's incredible, and it was a house concert, so it was like you know I like I was at a house concert like a fancy lad, you know, and um the uh, the whole thing was uh, was a little. Uh, embarrassing in its opulence and because she's so not about that she sings these uh uh t- folk songs with the kind of the african-american history of of um some traditional american music and you know slave songs and stuff like that and you you're looking around and it's uh it's like i hope god i hope you know a little wokeness is is rubbing off but she she was one also like in a situation like that you could be forgiven for not delivering the goods but she like dug deep and like reached into the spirit world and uh you know sent um you know sent uh all kinds of um energy through and like and you know hearing her talk about her work through you know too she she sort of sees it as like an interpreter or a storyteller and and i feel like that 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 is something that uh you know bespeaks a certain kind of maturity in an artist rather than it being all about like me and my my experience or my emotions or like what i have to say my life or things like this like this sense that there is that there is something else or that there is something that speaks through you whether it is the like the you know wounded spirit of uh mother earth in the case of of tori amos or the the sort of old stories the old kind of slave stories that get sort of lost to history in the case of Rhiannon Giddens or, you know, uh, the, the underground wrestling scene in Southern California, uh, in the seventies, um, in the case of John Darnielle, right? Like the, or the, the, like the goth subculture in the early eighties, like this, you know, that this is like, it, it, it makes it interesting, you know, it feels cause you feel like it's not just, it's not just them speaking that there's some, that there's some, uh, sort of greater, truth that's that's being addressed or that is kind of coming through and and, you know that's something that that i really do appreciate about these um about these songs i think what's and what's also very interesting about these songs though is that it's kind of um muse meets world right because (laughs) that right because it's it is has that sense of this kind of inspiration and kind of being a vessel but it's as that interacts with right like going back to um to climb is that these are also kind of quotes right so it's speaking through people or speaking through um through settings and through an engagement with the world and specifically the world of kind of of 
um, of of humans and politics and as they meet like the world of the earth. Right. And actually, even just even, you know, not just humans, but man, man and politics. Right. Yeah. I think that, that right in um, climb. Right. It's, you know, climb over the church wall. He said you can feed the koi in the pond, um, climb over the church wall in your Sunday dress. Be sure to feed the koi uh, in the pond, right? And later on, he says, you know, uh, he said, kneel before your judges in reverence, your penance for the woman you'll become. You knew if you talked, there'd be a consequence, your sentence for the woman you'll become. Um, Ten days of hell in in Satan's cell, then, is is outside of the quote, right? And so kind of speaking through that that voice um is is this interesting case where it is kind of right that you're right that it's not um it doesn't have that same character of kind of um participant observation as john darniel right where but it is this kind of inspired um vocalization of the world um and and there's something very interesting about that right so it's not just purely um you know that the, the the spirits are not kind of speaking like the spirit language. They're speaking our language because they and and they're they're grabbing us by the lapels and shaking us, right? <laughs> uh, and and slapping us around. Um, so uh, need to wake up. Right? So so I have a question. Yeah, Ryan, this uh, this native invader with its more rock and roll or even more. Uh, you know, electronic production with its piano ballad at the geometric center of the album. Is one of those spirits, the spirit of Jack Antonoff? <laughs> oh man. Did we just get stealth Antonoff? Um... <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's better. I mean, I like it better. I, I, you know, she produces, she is since I think boys for Pele, she's produced her own records. And this one, uh, I think she shares the production credit with her husband, um, who is an engineer, uh, like who, and who was like her engineer before they, before they were married and, and is a, you know, uh, super geeky audio guy and capturing all the piano sounds and, and stuff like that and thing, things like that. But is there is like the Antonov template uh, at play here? Well, no, because um, <laughs> right. Like, oh, good, thank cause, God. Because because she's a um, she's a piano woman in her own right, and he is a piano boy pretending to be a piano man, <laughs> right? Um, and no, and so right that like I mean I'm thinking we we've talked about you know just piano mode versus guitar mode, um, but I think that there are multiple piano modes, right? And um, and and I think that you know, when Jack Antonoff goes for the piano ballad, it is in this space. It is in a Billy Joel or queen space. Um, and, and I don't think, and I, I need to, this, my intuition is that that's not where the piano is in, in Tori Amos, right? That, um, and that, and and I maybe this comes to no yeah she yeah. doesn't she doesn't do that like in in um in Billy Joel or Queen the the piano is the rhythm instrument it's almost standing in for a guitar in in a certain way or yeah, the way exactly. the, the way it functions is to like give a groove a lot of the time um, and this is. Uh, 
um, even in the, I mean, even in the ballads, you know, uh, but, um, but this is more like she goes to guitars when, when all the way back to like cornflake girl, you know, which was the big, uh, the big single off of her second album, uh, under the pink and, and, like she she uses guitars as as guitars um there's a song there's a song on uh, uh it's called northern lad i believe it's on i've been listening back through the through the discography so it's all a little jumbled in my head i think it's on choir girl from uh from the choir girl hotel and it's um uh the, the, there's a lyric in it which is uh, i guess you go too far when pianos try to be guitars uh, mm. And that's uh, that was the there na- it is yeah that was that that was the name of that tour by the way the pianos try to be guitars tour after that uh, after that thing yeah sometimes uh, you just gotta let a piano be a piano yeah right? yeah let let piano piano bro don't don't uh, um, but it is I mean it is interesting and like I I actually I really liked the song Breakaway like it was a grower for me um, the. Uh, the chorus uh, when the story ends and the stage goes dark and we both can hear the writing on the wall then i beg the bard to write another scene because you're the one who taught me to believe there is something more that i need to say i should have said it though i should have said it though before yesterday before your breakaway and there's something there's kind of something tumbling there's some something kind of like revolving you know rolling kind of kind of like this this wave this rhythm like waves crashing um in it that i that i think is good and it like it really builds up a builds up a head of steam um and sort of earns that earns that you know retardando at the uh at the end when when she says the title of the um says the title of the song you know the question i almost asked you that was just actually kind of oddly similar to the jack Antonoff question is um you know is this a prog r&b album <laughs> yeah because there's a few songs, and I, I you know, and I, I don't necessarily can't um, link all of the sounds to the titles one to one. But there, there's a few that have this kind of like these like funky moments to them, right? There's this kind of like um, I think I forget if it's Broken Arrow or or one shortly after it that has um, this kind of like almost wad guitar that's a slightly like 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 a kind of slow funk jam. Um, this like yeah, that's bro, um, that's Broken Arrow, yeah, uh, right. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. And it, and it has, and, yeah, it's, I, I sort of noticed it because of its, I, I don't think it's wings. I think it's broken arrow also. Um, oh no, maybe it's, maybe it's wings. There's one that has like a Latin side stick snare drum, uh, that has like yeah, yeah. this, this kind of Latin rhythm straight eights, uh, eighth note rhythm that, that was, you know, that was a little that was a little bit funky yeah i mean except that the funk is being generated it's original funk you know what i mean it's not it's generative it's it's uh it's g-funk in the sense that it's generative funk um, Un- unpack that a little bit <laughs> <laughs> well you know g-funk being the name of the actually the the at, at the time that tori amos was living in los angeles uh after the failure of why can't tori read and was finding her own success commercial success uh as a solo act with um 
the first album Little Earthquakes and the second one Under the Pink, um, like that G Funk was the uh, the sort of Dr. Dre sound of the time. Warren G. Uh, oh no, no, that part I understand. But tell me about the generativity of the funk. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my point was that rather than um, rather, so my point is that it, that it it lines up like her the advent of her career uh, of her solo career kind of coincides with the G funk sound, you know. Um, I mean, and she was tweaking onto a whole new era, uh, when, when Tori Amos, when Tori Amos came around, like, and piano regulators mount up, right? (laughs) Well, the rhythm is the bass and the bass is the treble, uh, a lot of the time in a Tori Amos song, um, that, uh, that like the funk, um, that the, the funk, like a a lot of the, I, I don't know, there's there is a kind of bricolage sense like in in prog R and B where a lot of the songs are collages of other materials even like even the ones you know where there are actual bands that are playing like on on to pimp a butterfly for example right like that that original music that sort of uh uh funky jazz or jazzy funk sort of band uh sound was made originally for that record but it's treated um it's it's treated uh like a sort of a swatch in a collage you know it's treated like an element to kind of be um chopped up and remixed and and uh you know there's this sort of a different artistic process like here like broken arrow goes all the way through you know what i mean like it's sort of like there's this commitment yeah. and so it kind of so it's so it's generative in it's generative in the sense that it's not a second order um and and by the way this is sort of i'm trying to be like without making a normative claim about it because you could you know you can sort of argue for the artistic virtues of both ways and we we need both in fact like the 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 um the non chopped up sort of all the way through uh funk and the the sort of chopped up bricolage to do different to do different uh kinds of artistic things but um there's this you know there's this sense in in which like um in which uh it is not a second order experience where there's kind of a primary experience of funk that is that is happening uh before you right now and that 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 is the the funk generativity um of you know white woman extraordinary tori amos I mean, it is interesting because I I think that's I think that's right. And and I think that, you know, that there are some things that at at the level of the album that pull it that that were making me think of it um, along the lines of our of our prog R&B albums, um, especially I, I mean, in some ways, the ways in which it crosses kind of genre sounds was one of them. But you're right that each song, um, it, it's it, it's interesting because I, I seem to remember Unrepentant Geraldine's also kind of shifted, kind of played in a variety of different um, genres and and kind of moods and tones. And and I feel like this actually, you know, even as right, so even though you over the stretch of a few songs go from the kind of um, generative funk of Broken Arrow to the um, the the chocolate song, which once it kind of comes in, r- reminds me of Brian Adams's "Have You Ever Really Really Loved a Woman" from the Don Juan DeMarco soundtrack, <laughs> right, the, right? The kind of um, you know the kind of pop. Um, 
kind of uh what like kind of pop flamenco type of uh song right the, there's something kind of in that space there which again um and and again that is uh in my book 100 not a knock because i ride or die with brian adams you know <laughs> uh fuck ryan adams you need the b you need the b uh and uh and and so the any anything that even approaches the much underappreciated uh brian adams soundtrack jam um ever really love uh uh a, a, a woman is is great in my book but again the even that is is self-contained right a prog r&b would uh album has a lot more of the feeling of like you know moving through the dials on a radio yeah and uh and, and kind of yeah yeah exactly yeah, that's what i mean yeah exactly there's like this second order experience where some of the some of the like the music yeah. is in primary or the music is made the music is made it's a different kind of music music making the, the music is made by the, 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 like the real artist is the dial turner, right? Yeah. Um, it's the person who's deciding when to switch and kind of how to juxtapose them. Right. And ultimately that's kind of girl talk mode. Whereas this is much more composed, right? So this is, this has more elements of a, you know, a, you know, a classical album or even a, a song, not a classical album, but an album album um, yeah, or, or a, cla- or a I mean, song cycle or a classical, or I mean, a, or a classical album, right? Some of that, right. late, you know, some of Brahms later out al- when Brahms got to his 15th studio album, right? Like <laughs> some of his shit got real weird. Um, the one I like, I like Brahms's demo, man. Like, <laughs> The, Before he uh, sold out, <laughs> there, um, yeah, P- Pity Jordan is, isn't here. He probably could have like told us some story of a court musician who, like Haydn or something like that, who like you know all he wanted to do was was write experimental, edgy shit until the he started getting that started getting that money, you know. It's, but uh, what one of the one of the consequences of this sort of conduit model of being an artist is that the things sort of pre-exist you, you know, mm-hmm. um, the, and that like you, you know, so that rather than kind of creating an experience or kind of imposing something on, on the experience in the, I love the, the kind of the dial turning metaphor for the, for a particular sound, um, in a lot of contemporary R and B that, that because like, there's something, there's something great about it. It's a, like, you know, it's a cultural experience, you know, of like listening to the radio on, uh, listening to the radio on a, like a boombox or something like that, or in your car or on a Walkman mm-hmm. or something that like, um, there's a, you know, there's kind of a reality to that experience and kind of recreating it is, uh, is, is an interesting artistic thing but with this like the idea that the song she calls them the girls you know what i mean like that the girls are kind of floating out there already like fully formed Mm. you know sprung like like athena from the head of zeus and uh like that they just kind of um come through her to uh, uh uh to us is like a little bit it would be you know vivisection right to like to chop them up you know right <laughs> that is interesting it would it would harm them i mean but th- so that's that's very interesting because that's on the one hand it is like you know i mean like we know that's not how songs are made <laughs> uh... 
I mean, it is, or, you know, it's an interesting kind of thing, right? That like to think of your art in that way, because, um, because it is, I'm trying to think of how that relates to, so, all right. Is that creative process for real? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that it's useful, like, like most things, right? Like, you know, um, I, I, I like uh, like religion, right? Like like the <laughs> yeah. like the kind of the yeah. masculinist, uh, misogynistic religion that she you know works so very hard to supplant. Um, it's uh, the, at its best. I you know I feel like it's a useful <laughs> it's a useful narrative. You know, right, and right, you can you right. can sort of think of all kinds of things. If you ever you know anyone who's ever tra- had to write anything, who's ever you know a, an email, a text message, right? Like uh, especially when there are stakes, sort of understands the anxiety um, that that goes along with that. Uh, you know, and w- when it's your livelihood, uh, you know, when you have a reputation, like these are things that that add to it. So I imagine that it's probably useful to conceive of yourself in a particular way, right? It's probably, mm-hmm. it's probably useful creatively to conceive of yourself um, in terms of being a conduit for like pre-existing, uh, you know, pre, pre-existing things ra- rather than feeling like you have to, you have to generate everything. But I mean, where do you know what I mean? Where does it come from anyway? That, that inspiration, right? Like that, that set of idiosyncratic connections, right? Like who's to say that that's not the, that, you know, the particular, you know, the, I don't know, particular bug you see walking across the, the, park bench or something that makes you come up with a line, right? That that is not the, the muses nine, uh, at, at work. Right. I mean, can, can you disprove it? You know, can you say that mysticism is wrong? Can you? I mean, mean, it is interesting though, kind of thinking about this, these two kind of, um, modes that we, that we've been talking about, um, of, uh, on the one hand, right. Thinking about this, um, kind of songwriter and a captorium view of herself as a, as a conduit. Um, but then also, and contrasting that with the idea of the kind of, you know, the generative funk as opposed to the kind of sampled or second order funk. And, and, and it's, it's interesting to think of them together. And so it's, it's, it's thinking of that type of kind of being a conduit for the muses as a generative act. Right. And so that there's still a, I, I think that there's still an interpretive act there, right. That, that, and, and, and so that there's an interpretive or kind of, you know, at the very least, kind of, you are a a steward of the song, yeah. right? Um, and that's and that and so and that, but you can be a good steward or a bad steward, right? And 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 uh, and and so that there's the the artistry is in the stewardship, yeah. right? Um, I think that. I mean, I think that's right. I sort of, and I sort of think about it in like uh, in terms of my Plato playset from when I was a young child, right? Like you had the little press, you know, that extruded the Plato. Uh, in different shapes. Do you, do you know the thing that I'm talking about? I do, although I was hung up on thinking that you were talking about a PLATO uh, play, play set, which is just a, a, a cave and a shadow. Um, and and uh, but go on. Yes, I, I'm familiar with the the Plato the Play-Doh um, uh, Fun Factory, rather than the Plato uh, Fun Factory. Yeah, the, the, oh. it's the Plato Form Factory. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> 
as with, I mean, actually, as with Plato, right? Like where there is sort of a norm and varied realizations, an idea, I should say, and varied, varied realizations. Uh, this is this is interesting. All right, let's get let's get you know super pedantic, um, not pretentious because I'm not pretending. I actually am this pedantic, and let's uh, let's relate Tori Amos's artistic self conception, uh, Plato's theory of the forms, the philosophical forms, and uh, the Plato Fun Factory. Yeah, uh, you can you can feed the koi in the pond. Go for it. <laughs> feed 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 the pedantic koi. <laughs> Um, that, uh, just, just as in like, um, in, uh, Plato's, you know, uh, sort of allegory in Republic where he talks about, uh, he talks about the, the forms and the, the, um, the, the like real world instantiations uh of the forms actual objects uh all the many chairs that are uh that are kind of based on the idea of the chair um the uh there there is a sense in which like the there is a sort of play-doh there is kind of like a uh an artistic substance play-doh uh the a squishy artistic substance that is extruded in the fun factory in the press in the fun factory and sort of the artist is the die that you put in front of uh, that you put in front of the extruder. So it can be the same Play-Doh, but it's a very different, long, sticky tube uh, of dough, right? Depending on the artist, the dye in front of the, um, you know, who who is uh, uh, receiving all of that pressure. So it's a, uh, you know, it's a, a complicated thing. Um, the plate of fun factory now, now here, and, and this is like, uh, this is the role that Tori Amos plays, right? Like mm-hmm. it is through the medium, uh, of her person that, you know, the muses, the muses speak, but like, here's the thing, Plato, Plato, uh, the philosopher, um, part of his argument was that the forms are superior to any, are like morally superior to any of the real world instantiations of them, that the idea of chair is better than, uh, chairs for a number of reasons. Um, one, uh, the idea is eternal and, uh, chairs are temporal. Um, two, uh, there is one idea and many chairs and, um, Three oh, there was a there there was a third important one. I for, I forget. I actually haven't read Republic since uh, since I was in college. But the the um, you know the idea is that you have these sort of permanent uh, singular things rather than the 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 diversity the of the varied realizations of the idea uh, of of the chair. And I think something something like the opposite is true. Uh, in in music right like in in terms of this record one one trolley question i was going to ask was like uh is this an eco-feminist record and i think it is but it's it's a different kind of eco-feminism than the one in anony's uh hopelessness which which we covered a while back now um but that was a record that i was put in mind of uh uh a lot um while I was listening to this, uh, they, they sound very different, but I, you know, a certain, 
a certain segment of the the social project, the social artistic project overlaps, and even a little bit some of the like the word bending and some of the like the mm-hmm. pl- the playing with sounds and things like yeah. this, uh, where where Tori does it mostly through the medium of of singing, um, not through the medium of uh, production. Uh, still. It it is interesting the kind of playing with time, playing with pitch, playing with uh, the shape of sound, the shape of words. Um, on Anony, there was a lot of like slowing down, kind of pitch yeah. pitch changing uh, of words, which was also kind of a non binary uh, non binary gender thing um, gender thing as well. I don't know what did you. I mean, we've been sort of talking about like the idiosyncrasy of it, and we've been talking about some of the like uh, some of the delightful things about the 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 sound and the lyric writing, but it's clear that. That this has a that this is a record whose artistic project is you know has a big uh social political component like did you respond to that at all do you feel like it it enhanced or detracted from or didn't affect your appreciation of the album how did that how did that stuff hit you oh i don't know i mean i i you know uh uh you know uh i i can't i can't i definitely like so I, I think of um, specifically Benjamin, right? That um, I guess you know these are still all related, right? And I, I think that the sp- kind of specific lines and the kind of mode of production um, connect. It goes back to what I was saying earlier about the muse meeting the world, and and so I, I think that. You know, and just one line that kind of sticks up sticks to me as being kind of more explicitly political is the sucka, sucking hydrocarbon from the ground. Those pips in Washington are selling the rape of America as they attack Juliana. Um, right. And um, and and I think there are a few others. Um, but that that is one that is what like jumped out at me very heavily. Um, and it's it is this. um I, I think it it works because it's still, you know, that it, it's very different than um, a few of the other, you know, that the I think that it it's it, it, it views so a number of the other political albums of the year. I mean, I I, I would say that they they tend to. Um, you know, I think they tend to break down at, at least one dimension of whether, you know, um, kind of the um, current occupant of the White House is the problem or the symptom of an underlying structural problem. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and this is this falls into the latter camp, I think. Right. That that this is there are. And and yes, it is kind of very imbued with the moment that we are in, but it's it's kind of bigger than that. Um, and that those things led to, um, you know, led to Trumpism, among other things. But it's a little different from like the Juliana Hatfield's um, Pussycat album, right, which is very much more explicitly um, about Trump. Um and kind of like very specific things that he's done and said, um, and is like, right. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's that, that's, you know, there on the spectrum along with, you know, the Eminem freestyle, right. <laughs> uh, whereas, um, you know, and, and then, you know, maybe Wolf Braids cry, cry, cry is somewhere a little bit on, on in the middle. Um, 
um you know what with its dreams and kings um yeah. and and uh and and so on i don't know so so i think that you know the fact that it is more structural both then gets gets the mood without kind of um and, you know the problem with you know the especially the um you know I, i've spent a lot of time thinking about the eminem uh the freestyle from the bet awards because it was a thing that lots of people were like lots of people um said to me like you gotta check this out uh or it's you know and uh, either people or algorithms um told me that <laughs> um and uh and they were both wrong uh both- <laughs> yeah yeah it was pretty dumb right like yeah it was and i think the thing about that is that you know it's that the i think the thing that struck me is that you, you know when you hear that eminem has a freestyle rap about trump you hope that it is that there is a, a new spin on it and i think that the all I mean, when you are going at the 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 surface of the problem it's it's hard for it to be um you know, it's it's hard to be to to break new ground, and so you have to go kind of deeper, either into the kind of causes and the kind of broader web of um of political and kind of cultural um causes, or kind of go deeper internally with how you you know with how the artist is feeling again and and again i think the other um work uh that i saw that kind of engaged with this in a way that i i really connected to was actually mark maron's most recent um stand-up special that's on netflix where he just he sits down at the very beginning of the show and he 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 sits down on a on a stool and he he looks out at the audience and kind of takes this like long sigh (laughs) the sucks in his breath and then just goes i don't know what he's gonna do next (laughs) and and it's just and it's it's great because and it's it's ultimately a show that is often the show is pretty much about anxiety right and and so this is one kind of part of the anxiety um that is that 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 marin is living with and and kind of working through um but it's it's the jokes are about the the anxiety in this era um and and what that does to our psyche and to our interactions with each other rather than um you know a million like you know jokes about like um you know trump looking like a cheeto right and so so that you have to go deeper in one way or another um in order to kind of um, and I guess that's always been the case of kind of social and political albums. But again, now that we're in one of these times um, where like, we, like we're, we're wide, we're wide awoke and it's morning. Right. Um, um, and, you know, and, and then we're in another era, like kind of 2004, 2005 of, um, you know, uh, of, of mostly political albums yeah. that, uh, that, that, that the ones that will last are the ones that go a little, um, you know, so uh, either either broader or, or deeper. I, I mean, what was your take on the kind of politics? Of, of, well, yeah. so I mean, it's I, I feel like you've gone. Uh, I feel like you've kind of covered the waterfront fairly well. I mean, I, I guess I wanted to raise a question about it, which is, you know, I like I have a, a family friend who's an un, older guy. He's an unreconstructed hippie. He lives in Topanga, which is a section of Los Angeles where the unreconstructed hippies live, and you know, uh, has like bald guy long hair and. And like, you know, the, 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 uh, has not like, you know, left that, you know, that sort of mentality, you know, and has, a just a sort of outdated, 
I mean, it's sort of, it's sort of wonder, uh, speaking about, because you were talking about Benjamin, like Benjamin, science whiz, my computer bat friend, right? Like is definitely, yeah. she's definitely writing in the voice of a mom who needs her like daughter or her nieces and nephews or whatever to like uh hook her AOL email up, right. right up to the new iPhone or something like that she's you know she's writing in that voice and and i i was just wondering if there's something if this is a perspective cuz she you know she's a sort of um uh, she's a, a mystic and is sort of into a, you know, rather than like specific social analysis is into kind of talking at a higher level of abstraction about sort of cosmic level forces uh, and how they, you know, how they interact, which is why hearing words like hydrocarbon uh, or in um, up the creek, like those climate blind, you know, that right. those they, they uh strike you i mean they strike me and not like the koi in the pond i feel like koi in the pond is like the perfect detail you know but uh but that these are like a little because they're a little schematic you know they're a little like um a little didactic i suppose and the the uh you know the idea you know the the idea i wonder is like is this a set of analytical tools that is uh you know, good for the moment that is really capable of kind of, um, rising to the occasion, like being, being of the moment. Right. And, and I don't know, like, I, you know, I wonder, uh, right. I, because I wonder if this is not, if this is too kind of mid 20th century, Hmm, right. If this is kind of too pre end of history, a way of, of looking at it. Right. I don't know. I, I think that I, I, I hear you because it's like I, I think that there's something about it that is and that, that and so is it is it the, is is the the criticism in part that it's almost too like kind of almost like not like materialist or kind of narrowly right like there's like something especially on hydrocarbon um it not only is it like not like is materialist but it's like this it is kind of a it's working in a kind of well-tread political discourse, right? Well, it's yeah, a little work. bit like like you said, uh, you know, uh, campaigns funded by the fossil fuel industry from, right, Benj- right. from Benjamin. How many of us will they own to give them global mastery? And I and I feel like I'm a more <laughs> is is Tori Hamos a, Bur- a Bernie bro? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, the, but the 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 interesting, like, to, you know, Tori Amos. Um, just you know, just for the ultimate in white wokeness, like Tori Amos needs to watch The Wire, you know, uh, because the the fossil fuel industry doesn't need to own anybody to give them global mastery, right? Like we own ourselves uh, on behalf of the fossil right. fuel industry, right? Like we are happy to we are happy to be owned, and and the, a little bit more, you know, this this is this almost seems to belong to a pre. Uh, is this shit for real discourse of like selling out, you know, and who's on the, who's on the kind of the side of the nefarious, uh, the nefarious conspiracy, um, and who's on the side of our, of our plucky band of our, 
plucky band of history uh, or of hip, hip, hippies who are on the right side of history. And I, you know, I don't know. I say this not to not to detract from the album. I I say this to try to get my hands around what its what its achievement actually is and what its features um, what its features actually are. Uh, but you know, I don't know the the yeah. I mean, I wonder if the point is like, hey, maybe the hippies knew something, <laughs> right? Um, and and because I think it's it's there even in the the album art as as well, right? The kind of um, you know Tori Amos in the woods, you know, surrounded by the the mist, and and, and there is something right that there is a. And, and and it may be kind of aspirational for a a time when our kind of that was where our oppositional not aspirational but nostalgic for a kind of modes of kind of understanding and just deconstructing the world and constructing um action and and i guess maybe nostalgic is still not totally favorable but i wonder if it's trying to you know bring it back right so genres get brought back yeah right? um and uh and, and so so maybe there is this kind of um you know maybe we've maybe we've been structured to death right and again it's but again it's not exactly that it's it's because it, i think there's something structural here too but it's a little more kind of just old school like like i don't want to say marxist but it's a kind of like a there is a kind of eco like eco materialist um type of, of of piece there right that is that is um kind of connects in my mind to an older school marxism and and kind of um you know precedes the more kind of um you know structural theories that that focus on kind of ideas and kind of um you know and and kind of the formation of preferences and so there's something to be said for i mean you know it's i i don't i don't want to just chalk it up to being kind of out of touch right that there's something about kind of we are painted into a discursive corner um and so let's kind of um let's 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 leapfrog back (laughs) to like um like like let's let's like let's not throw the um (laughs) the hippie baby out with the uh with the bathwater That's um yeah I mean it's interesting my that that is interesting and I think that that's I mean I think that that definitely is of a piece with the kind of the the origin story of this album uh which is that she had been trying to write something do something as a as a response to Brexit and to Trump to to the sort of rise of of far right uh of kind of a mainstream far right um you know, and also a kind of nihilistic uh, mainstream far right that seems to reject a lot of the advances uh, of the '60s, and that like uh, uh, nothing was coming to her. And then she went on a like a road trip through the South, which is where she's from. And uh, also, her mother uh, had an illness, I think, a stroke that that left her mother unable to speak. Um, and the kind of being being there, being around her, uh, her mother. Uh, in those circumstances, probably getting the the details wrong, um, but it's all over the the press that she's done for this album. Like that, that was a kind of that communication, uh, like that sort of ancestor communication, almost pre-verbal ancestor communication, was um, you know was uh, the genesis of the album, combined with the with uh, the um, the trip through the south, which seemed to combine a sort of uh, going through a 
a, a familiar childhood landscape, a foreign political landscape, and uh, and also just a beautiful natural landscape that that seems mm. seem mm. to ha- seem to have a lot to say, mm. you know, in terms of uh, the ecology and preservation and and things like this. I mean, you bring the the photography on this record yeah. and all this stuff is is excellent. She she always has great. Uh, interesting album covers from the right? you know Always. from the the piano in a box of uh, you know in her in a box of little earthquakes to the sort of Xerox portraits against glass in in Choir Girl to the some of the ones where she dresses up in costumes and does personas and it's like each one has, co- has she ever had an album cover that she is not on? Um, That's interesting yeah i don't think so i guess there's an anthology called a piano and the box was like a i i have it the box is like plastic piano keys on top of the box i think you lent that to me at one point yes. oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and i don't uh, think she's on i don't think she's on that though maybe she's like figures in the back but then just maybe maybe as we wrap like i think that this is kind of of a piece with uh the album title native invader which you know we haven't sort of addressed yet but which is like um there there are a couple that has a sort of a great uh aspect of paradox to it right like i i had thought I had assumed, and this is not true. I just created a whole cosmology of this, a whole like uh, back um, retcon. What is it called uh, in etymology? It's called a back formation, where you uh, kind of uh, invent an etymology of something that is not true. I I just thought, came to believe somehow that it was a term from gardening. Where huh. if <laughs> yeah. if you are trying to plant non-native plants in a garden, but there is some sort of weed or vine or you know some plant uh, that gets into your garden uh, without you wanting it, that is a native invader. And all the all the the uh, the promo for this record has you know these nature um, kind of motifs in it, and and that's what you know vines, you know overgrown moss, almost like Southern Gothic in some of the shots, and and this like. Um, you know, this is it. But the idea, the idea of a force, a force from within that is native, yeah. it, it, it's from within, but it's also, uh, it's also invading, right? Like yeah. it's, it's also kind of like, um, it is treating its own community like a foreign country, uh, that it is trying to overthrow, you know? And that, that is an interesting, just given some of the, the things that we've been talking about in terms of the, the artistic or po- uh, the social or political artistic project. Um, yeah. that's, that's an interesting, that paradox is very suggestive. Well, and especially like that, it suggests that that kind of nativism, right? Like also, right, that a emphasis on, like we are, you know, we, you know, uh, this is our country is a foreign idea here, right? Right. Um, that uh, and 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 it is an invasive idea. Um, well, yeah, the, the, hostile. The, the term "native" is like hotly contested, right? Like right. What counts? Um, as native and what, you know, what gets yeah. to talk. Well, now we're back in the realm of discourse. When we're back in the realm of discourse, it probably uh, means it's time to wrap. So uh, we hope you have enjoyed uh, our conversation of Native Invader. We really hope you enjoy the album as much uh, as we did. We continue our, uh, we continue our eco-feminist stretch 
um, <laughs> our natural phenomenon stretch uh, let you puzzle out what that means as we continue uh, to look at some contemporary albums that released while we were back in the while we were back in the 90s um, if you have anything that you would like to add to the conversation all the usual places at TFT podcast three for turntables on Facebook uh, or uh, on the comment section on the show notes on overthinking it uh, keep listening keep eco-feministing and uh, we will be back next week. Till then, keep it real.